to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Indeed, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I want to thank everybody tuning in. Our affiliate stations, of course, uh, ZFM in Australia. Uh, we have our Boston folks that are listening to the show. Our friends down in Sarasota, Bradenton, uh, San Francisco, and our hub right here in Seattle. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And I want to thank the many, many, many of you that listen online and and I used to start to mention the different places you listen from. There are just too many to mention right now. Uh, and I want to thank you from across the globe for tuning in. Because part of what I shared in the last hour is the importance of setting intention. And I shared a story with you about how I got in, you know, how I got started into radio. But it didn't start with radio. It started with a business card that I put together for a concept I called crust busting. And I put that together on the back of the card, I wrote that I wanted to reach a million people in 2003, it was, uh, to help them live life full out. Now, I didn't understand that radio would be the vehicle to do this, plus other things that are developing as well. But I did understand the power of intention. Another intention I set was around certain people that I so wanted to have conversations with on the radio. One of those uh, folks is an individual that, uh, that I have so come to love and admire. And her work, for me, is one of the most profound work on the planet right now and that is Lynn McTaggart she's joining me here today and and I want to just share this I'm going to do I'm going to share an introduction but Lynn was on my list of top 10 people she's been on that list for about two and a half years now of people that I wanted to have a conversation with she is the author of the intention and experiment uh, and best-selling book the field the quest for the secret force of the universe and so she's known as the founder and editor uh, of the UK and the US leading publisher of newsletters and books on alternative health and spirituality, including the international newsletter, What Doctors Don't Tell You. We could do a whole other show on that, Lynn. And she's joining us here today for the entire hour so that we can explore uh, the world of the intention experiment. And many of you who, who have signed up for the newsletter, you've already sent me questions questions and I want to thank you for doing that and I want to let you know that we are going to get those questions on the air to Lynn. And so as I could as I could look at Lynn and the work that she's doing and take you through what is a long long list of accomplishments and passion about the work that she is about and is doing. The thing I want to say is that I believe that when we look at the power of attention through the work of Lynn McTaggart, we're looking at a way for us to as I said before, get out of the gate in 2008. Lynn, I want to thank you so much for joining the Dr. Pat Show today. I am thrilled to be here. Wow. I want to start sort of at the beginning of things for me. And it's a question that I ask everyone that's ever been on the show. And it's this question. I just 
briefly described some of the the journey that you've had in this lifetime and the question that comes to mind especially as a best-selling author and someone that is in the place to help other people live a phenomenal life what are some of the challenges what are some of the obstacles that you personally have had to overcome to bring you to this very moment um the first big obstacle was, I guess, just making a series of wrong turns in the beginning of the 80s. Um, married the wrong guy, um, moved to a foreign country, worked at the wrong job. You know, one of those places where I just went to a really dark space. And I always say that it was a time in my life where I couldn't even get a good haircut. You know, it was just a really bad place. And after that, uh, I got myself out of that situation, but I got ill. And... Um, as a result of not being able to find anybody who could figure out what was wrong with me, I, took, I decided I had to take charge of it. And that's when I went on the first journey I had, which was a healing journey. And I spent a year getting better, found, researched what I thought I had, researched the right practitioner to heal me, and we worked as a partnership to get me well. And I was so inspired by that and, and the fact that it was so unlike the normal, conventional doctor-patient relationship that it, I started getting pretty boring on the subject. And my new partner, now my husband, for nearly 20 years, said to me, well, stop telling me, start telling the world. And so that became what doctors don't tell you. And that began the journey that really worked, it moved into the field. And that was really just inspired by curiosity, um, and curiosity to figure out why, why things like spiritual healing and homeopathy work. So, Lynn, I mean, for you, this is a, a life's journey that is about looking at the obstacles you've had, moving beyond them. But then there's sort of this next step of action, isn't there? And that is, how can I now take what I've learned and share that with other people so that they can learn how to overcome the same? I suppose I am a communicator at heart. That's why I've been, uh-huh. you know, I've been a writer since I was seven. And I knew, I always knew I wanted to be a writer. You know, it was just one of those things I always knew. And I wanted to be a journalist. I was very drawn to fact. And I am very drawn to, and I've always been a, a bit of a crusader, I suppose. I mean, my early work as an investigative reporter was about, I did a lot of work about kids who are um, exploited in foster care. I did a lot of work about um, gray market adoptions. Um, I did a, I did my first book on that. I was always drawn to areas where, and I was drawn to a lot of medicine. I was drawn to areas of, in, you know, of, of situations that needed to be changed and reformed. And I guess medicine was something in the back of my mind. I also helped to launch Dr. Robert Mendelssohn's People's Doctor back in the 70s. And Bob Mendelssohn was an amazing hero of mine. Here was this ordinary, conventional doctor who was, you know, he was basically blowing up sacred cows of medicine. You know, he was talking about this drug doesn't work, that drug doesn't work. And I was just astounded as a young editor because he was taking on the entire medical profession, and rightly so, and demonstrating that this was not based on any kind of evidence. So Robert Mendelssohn had a great influence on me. He was a great friend and a great hero. 
Well, Lynn, I know that, um, you know, the book that I have in front of me, of course, is The Intention Experiment. Lynn McTaggart is my guest today. She is also the author of The Field. Uh, and, you know, this book goes beyond the book in the written word because this actually it has become uh, in a, a way for people to participate in a greater question, so to speak. And I wanted to ask you, as I open this book, and I've done so, and I... And believe me, you don't want to look at my book right now. I, I, I turn to one of the pages in the book that comes, you know, right at the beginning. And, and I want to read this to you. I want to ask you about this and why this is important. In the front, there is a quote, and it's, and it's this. God is afoot. Magic is alive. Magic never died. God is alive. Magic is afoot. And I wanted to ask you about that quote. And why that quote, out of all of the things that could have been in front of this book, uh, that, by the way, that's by Leonard Cohen, that was what you selected. Well, I love that poem. It's a poem, by the way, not a song from Leonard Cohen, who's also a great poet. And I love Leonard Cohen's stuff. And I love his poetry, but I just love that poem because it was this this wonderful thing basically saying, you know, no matter, you know, we've forgotten things. We've forgotten the fact that magic is always here with us and our life and and what we think of as God never died. We tried to kill it, but it is it is always there. And the magic that is us is always there. And I wanted to say that because we've moved out of that with the mechanistic worldview of science that we have, we have had up to the present, which is this kind of Newtonian view of us being separate and apart and these kind of mechanistic, you know, survivalist machines, the kind of thing that the neo-Darwinists would have us believe. And that all the magic that has been part of humanity, that the, the kind of aspects of us that are beyond our five senses that unite us all in its invisible web these things that that humanity has understood for many centuries have been killed by this or or have Mm. been dormant over these few centuries of newtonian science and the book this book i hope is just one more element to to demonstrate through our living experiment that magic never did die that we are that we are much more than we seem this and this i think is the conversation and the inspiration for so many people right now uh there are some folks across the planet lynn that say we don't understand why the movie the secret was so important you know what what is all that about well and you know part of it is what is it about it's the reason that your work is so popular as well it brings us to the conversation of intention leading off with the question what is that let's take a short break when we come back lynn mctaggart joining me here today the author of The Intention Experiment uh, is uh, we've got a great show and and as I said before you are welcome to call in and ask us questions at 1-800-930-2819 the question that we'll explore what is intention really? We'll be right back Tired of treating your animal companions with toxic drugs? Do chronic, degenerative, or disabling conditions affect your horse's or pet's quality of life? Quantum Healing, created by Dr. Susan Seeley, with over 25 years as a veterinarian and 40 in the equestrian field, brings hope of true health and healing for your pet or equine companion. Visit QuantumVet.com. Learn how Quantum Healing can benefit your animal companion 
That's quantumvet.com. From a place of special energy, the Sedona tools are specially crafted to work with the disruptive emotional energies of traumatic experience. You can release and resolve the past, move gracefully through the present, and attract the future you wish with power that's already yours. Your intent and creative visualization. Now work with the right tools. Visit thesedonatools.com. Imagine for a moment what your obituary might sound like right now. Then imagine how you would really like it to read. Actually, you unknowingly write and live your obituary every day. It's time to be more intentional about how you live your life. It's time to find and create your ideal path in life right now. It's time to be the best you can be. Visit BeTheBestYouCanBe.net for more information about life coaching and the life-changing book, Our Journey is Our Work. That's BeTheBestYouCanBe.net. Chocolate. Not only sensual, but powerful. Shasai Dark Unprocessed Chocolate. Highest level of antioxidants in a simple food. Did you know science has shown dark chocolate could help you lose weight? Did you know that you can actually improve your overall health by eating dark chocolate? Or that you can enjoy eating chocolate three or more times a day, guilt-free? Did you know that chocolate actually has a bliss factor? Life with chocolate couldn't be sweeter. Lifewithchocolate.net One world, one heart, one song. You're invited to the Global Heart Benefit Concert on February 29th. Let your soul be lifted and celebrate with us our deep intention to be of service to our greater global family. This special benefit concert supports the powerful demonstration of faith in action by groups dedicated to building a better future for everyone. Children's Hospital, Habitat for Humanity, Country Doctor, Earth Corps and University Church's Emergency Fund, featuring the Choir of Light and joined by special musical guest Leora Cash, Canada's leading gospel jazz vocalist. The Global Heart Benefit Concert, February 29th, 7.30 p.m. at the Center for Spiritual Living in Seattle. Visit spiritualliving.org for more information. Sign up for the Dr. Pat Show weekly newsletter, giving you the week's guest lineup promotions, sponsor giveaways, and listing seminars and events such as this one. Go to thedrpatshow.com and register now. Three ways to listen. On the AM dial at 1150, on the FM HD dial at 98.9 HD3, or online at 1150kknw.com. One great station. Alternative Talk 1150. everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I want to mention, wow, I'm totally jazzed. You know, I put down on my intention list some time ago, I wanted to have a conversation on radio with Lynn McTaggart. And today is that day. Internationally recognized spokesperson on the science of spirituality and the author of five books, including The Field, uh, which has been published in 14 languages. She is also the co-executive director of uh, Conatus. Did I get that right? Which publishes some of the world's most Respected health and spiritual newsletters. Plugged in is the way that I describe Lynn McTaggart. Plugged in in a very, very, very important time in our lives. And so she's joining us here today. We're talking about uh, the intention experiment and using your thoughts to change your life and the world. The power of that and the possibilities of that. So Lynn, thank you so much for joining the show today. I know that you are also touring, that you're doing events. If we could just take 
take a minute before we just jump right into this to let people know where you're going to be and how they can find out more about it. Okay. Um, I am going to be running my first ever in-depth seminars in the States um, this year. As you know, I live in, in England, and I'm coming to Chicago in May and Los Angeles in July, uh, Portland, your neck of the woods, in, um, in uh, August, and Boston in, in uh, October. And people can find out by coming on our website, um, theintentionexperiment.com or livingthefield.com. And we're going to make sure that we continue to mention this uh, information uh, on there. I think also you may be popping into San Francisco, which is also one of our affiliates. We are coming to San Francisco, too. Um, We'll be around, as I say, that whole part of California and the Northwest. Um, And we'll be giving some other talks, too, in Dallas. I'm doing something in Dallas, in Atomega, and a few others this year. But the seminars are, are... the only ones that are really an in-depth weekend living with intention. All right. And you can go to uh, intentionexperiment.com to find out more. You know, Lynn, before we went to break, I was asking the question about what is intention. It's a word right now that is used an awful lot. And so there are questions that come up for people that are actually mindful and want to manifest the things in their lives to create positive change. So let's start there. Okay, when I first started researching this book, I kept thinking of intention as kind of a mental oomph. You know, the kind of thoughts you have when you are so focused on something. And for me, it's, let's say, it's when I watch my youngest daughter, who's very sporty, she's 11. When she's playing something, let's say she's playing netball, which is a weird English version of basketball. You know, it's basketball without dribbling. And um, when she's doing that, All of my intention is focused on her getting that ball and making a goal or or something like that. So I thought all intention must be like that. It must be when you're projecting your awareness to something else and intending it to change. And that's the definition of it. But as I started researching this whole area, I began to conclude that intention is what's going on in your mind all the time. You know, that even unconsciously we're putting out intentions because the science tells us that we are beaming information out at every moment. We all beam out little, a tiny current of light. And that light information is being picked up by every living thing in our environment. So, in a sense, we are senders and receivers of information at every moment. And when you think about it, And the other evidence is that thought itself is just one other kind of that kind of energy and energetic transfer. And when you think about it, what you're thinking about all the time is this constant stream, this constant flotsam and jetsam going through your mind, all of your secret fears, all of your worst, you know, all of your secret desires, all of your worst judgments about other people, all of your negativity, all of that stuff. I think, becomes your life's intention. So it's all part of uh, the interaction of many things, uh, is what I hear you saying, operating to try to make some sense about our future. I don't know where that came from. I just put that in myself. Well, I think think of yourself as a a television station. Okay, I I will. And think of every thought as being a radio, every thought you have is being 
a you know uh, is being a sh- is a show basically. That's what you're doing all the time. You're you're beaming out information all the time, and that in a sense is your instruction to the universe. So if that instruction is negative all the time, that's what you're going to get. So, you know, when we look at the, the intention and, you know, the I love what you just described because I think every one of us can relate to that. I mean, I would stop and ask everybody out there, what are you thinking right now? Are we even mindful enough about what we're thinking? Because, you know, for me, I had to figure out that I wasn't mindful enough about what I was thinking. Exactly. No, few of us are. You know, we go along and we're in a kind of a... Uh, we're in a, a haze of negativity, and we're in a haze of thinking about the past and the future. It's very hard for us to be present, and and it's very hard for us to be mindful of what we're thinking, as you say. So one of the the um, the exercises I have in a program in the intention experiment, which was information and techniques that I distilled from a lot of masters of intention that I interviewed. I interviewed all kinds of people from Buddhist monks and Qigong masters to master healers to see what commonalities they had. So I could take all of those different techniques, find the common thread and distill that into a simple program people could use to maximize intention. And one thing that they will work on is what is oftentimes called mindfulness meditation, which is working on focusing in the present with all of your five senses in real time. And so you're, and you're doing that without judgment. So in a sense, you're turning off kind of judgmental thinking. So that's one of the, one of the techniques that I teach is working on that kind of, that intense focus on just what you want and, and avoiding the, the kind of, ongoing inner dialogue that sabotages that. You know, Lynn, uh, I love what you're talking about because I think it's helpful to give people some idea like a blueprint of what this is all about. Uh, And, you know, obviously we have uh, generated a lot of interest and questions from folks that get our newsletter. And I want to make sure everybody out there knows that phone lines are open 1-800-930-2819. It's toll free 1-800-930-2819. I want to give everyone out there an opportunity to chat with Lynn. Uh, Many of you have read the book or have the book and some of you are participating online uh and so you know lynn as we look at this there's a lot of emphasis right now to manifestation there's a lot of emphasis here that uh, talks to the fact that um uh, you know there is a manifestation there is intention at the mental level and the emotional level a level what is the relationship uh between intention manifestation and what we're calling vibration Okay, what a great question. Um, I think vibration, you know, that a lot of these words are just used out there, yeah. you know, and they're used without necessarily um, any kind of connection with, with anything that's been demonstrated or proven. And to understand things about me, I'm a, remember I have this background as a journalist, as an investigative reporter of all things. So I'm very fact-oriented. I'm very, very much about scientific proof, scientific evidence. And I kind of shy away from these kind of, you know, just very sort of generalized terms like energy. Because energy to me means something really specific. So um, when I think of vibrations, I think that's kind of a generic term that really refers to uh, the kind of stuff that's coming out of living things. You know, we are all sending out particles of light, and light are packets of vibrating information. 
um, and you know, in the in the form of photons, which are individual particles of light. So we're sending that out all the time. We also know that that we are energetic beings, in that this these light emissions go on as a global instruction to the body. They come out of DNA. This is stuff that's been proven. This is stuff that's gone on in many laboratories and has been demonstrated, these biophoton emissions, as they call them. So, so I think vibration is, in a sense, a big term used for the kind of information that comes out and goes out as an intention. I think a manifestation, I think an intention is the thought process, and whether or not it's intended or not. That's the intention. It's the thought process of you know, wishing something or wanting something or not wanting it, but focusing on it all the time. And I think the manifestation is what comes out of that. And that can be positive or negative, depending on what your intentions are. Um, I talk to people about trying out intention experiments themselves to get something to manifest in their lives. And one kind of fun thing to talk about is trying to find something in your life that never happens, never happens, oh. and to try to send an intention to make that happen. Because if it suddenly pops up in your life, that might convince you that it had to do with your intentions. Now, this isn't science, science, but it's just a personal experiment. Um, one of those things to do, a really fun thing to do, is let's say if you're a woman and your partner never brings you flowers, <laughs> never brings you flowers, then send an intention and see what happens. I talk about this in my workshops, and it's really funny how many women do it right then on the spot. And I had one workshop. We, the woman was driving with me back to the airport, and she said, you know, my husband never brings me flowers. He's not going to do it. And I said, you just send that intention and believe, believe. And I got an email from her later saying, you won't believe it. When I got home, I opened the door, and there he was with this giant, giant bouquet of red roses. So, you know, her instruction was carried out. And similarly, I have a, a, a student over here who did the same, and she said she was at a garden center with her husband, and she had just sent, you know, she was sort of thinking about plants and thinking about intention for him to bring her flowers. And he said, excuse me a minute. I have to go, and he ran, and he came back with this giant geranium plant for her, and he said, I just had to give this to you now. They were both standing in line waiting to pay. I just had this, I had some, it was almost like I was getting an instruction to do this. <laughs> so she had to laugh because that was just the time she was thinking of it. So, wow. you know, <laughs> it's her mind to someone else's. Well, you know, Lynn, that's what this conversation is about. I mean, we are answering some of the questions, I think, that didn't get answered uh, in many of the books and the movies you see right now. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be back with Lynn McTaggart. We're going to let everybody know about the intention experiment, what's happening online. And the question is, what the heck do feelings have to do with anything at all? Well, we're going to hear from Lynn. We'll be right back. Stop surviving. Start living. This is the year to bring your life and your health to the next level. Come to the workshop that can help transform your life and your health. See how your beliefs affect your body and learn specific techniques for creating optimal health. 
Sponsored by the Institute of Healing Arts and Sciences. This workshop will help you do all of this and more. Register now for Introduction to Energy Medicine, February 23rd and 24th in Worcester, Massachusetts. Call 866-303-HEAL. That's 866-303-4325. Do you or a loved one have chronic pain? ABC Health Solutions introduces Ferroblock, a fabric that relieves chronic pain with no side effects. Ferroblock's unique construction of micro-thin stainless steel and nylon interrupts EMFs, or high-frequency waves, from damaging our cells, causing inflammation and pain. Call 253-631-8270 or visit abchealthsolutions.biz to see a short video regarding Ferroblock. That's abchealthsolutions.biz. help remembering how great you are inspire your kids and yourself with an award-winning children's book from author and coach ben phipps his book i'm a winner you're a winner remembering how great you are is a good reminder that inside each of us is the winner we were born to be visit keepshining.org to learn more about i'm a winner you're a winner and how you can purchase it for yourself or as a gift for the winners in your life that's keepshining.org See vibrational healer and psychic Sonia Choquette live in Boston. Sonia shows you how to claim and follow your intuition. Plus, she'll answer questions and give powerful audience readings. How to accept your intuitive gifts is an all-new lecture. See Sonia Choquette at the Back Bay Event Center in Boston on Saturday, April 26th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Seats are limited, so call now. 1-800-654-5126 or visit hayhouseevents.com Picture yourself standing in the ancient stone circle of Stonehenge or gazing in awe at Egypt's Great Pyramid and Sphinx. Visualize participating in shamanic ceremonies at Machu Picchu or receiving a timely message from the Oracle of Delphi. Rejuvenate your path of personal growth and renew your spirit by traveling to the world's sacred sites with Body, Mind, Spirit Journeys and other like-minded travelers. Visit BodyMindSpiritJourneys.com or call 800-231-9811. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. I want to mention Lynn McTaggart joining me here today. Uh, a lot of information. I, I, I hope that you take a moment to check out the website, intentionexperiment.com. You're going to find out in this segment why this is so important. Lynn, of course, as I said before, a best-selling author joining me here today with the book, uh, The Intention Experiment. But as I said before... It is actually more than a book. And you will get to take part in the world's largest mind over matter experiment. We're going to talk about that. Uh, also, information about uh, Lynn and um, her tour coming to the States is also on the website. Uh, Lynn, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, and I know we've got lots to talk about, uh, especially, you know, the context of the book and, and why this book is written like it is, as well as the online experiments. And let's talk a minute about that before we get to the emotions question. Okay. Um, I was fascinated by the whole idea of group mind and what happens when lots of people are thinking the same thought at the same time. And I couldn't find a lot of evidence 
that was really conclusive about what you can do with intention as a group. And that was really what I was interested in. What, you know, what do you actually do with intention? And what's, what practical aspect of this can we do? How can we take this out of the, li- uh, the laboratory? And my husband turned to me one night and said, well, why don't you do these experiments yourself? And that did sound really preposterous to me because I'm not a scientist. I'm not any kind of physicist or, or any kind of scientist. But as I started to think of it, I started thinking, well, actually, I have lots and lots of readers around the world. Um, the field is in something like 20 languages now. And I could just invite, you know, a, a small proportion of those readers to come on every so often and do online experiments with me. Um, working with scientists around the world. And if we did that, we'd have the biggest mind-over-matter experiment in history. So that's exactly what it is. I've been working with scientists like Dr. Gary Schwartz of the University of Arizona and um, Dr. Konstantin Karatkov of um, St. Petersburg in Russia, one of the technical universities there, and Rustam Roy, the world's expert on water, and many, many others. And we've been designing experiments and using readers as participants to send intention to these targets at the labs in the universities. So they've all been giant remote experiments testing the power of thought. And, and, you know, that is something that uh, I, as coming from a research perspective myself and having done research, I know the power of that. And at the same time, I know what's involved with it, because when you set up these experiments, if, especially if you're bringing some of these scientists, uh, scientists to the table, they've got all their rules and regulations on what experiments are. I wanted to ask you, uh, how has that been so far? I mean, it, I am so in love with the idea and I'm just... I'm just sitting here waiting to know, how is this working out? Well, so far, it's worked. I mean, we've run uh, nine experiments, and we didn't know what we were going to have, and we had to be open to the possibility that it wasn't going to work. So we ran a, our first one was at a conference um, of mine in London with 400 people, and we, we wanted to try to change those little light emissions of a leaf. Now, That sounds like a pretty pathetic first experiment, and it was. I was disappointed when Gary Schwartz first suggested this because I kept thinking, you know, let's use this to cure people from cancer, you know. And and when he said a leaf, you know, that wasn't exactly. You know, I figured that's not going to, you know, set the hearts of the world on fire. So, but as he explained it to me, he said, "Look, we've got to start small." So all we tried to do was send it emissions to send intentions to make these little light emissions brighter to make the leaf glow and glow that was our instruction we sent it for 10 minutes we had a control leaf too the scientists didn't know which one we sent intention to and after dr schwartz put them in very very sensitive camera equipment so he could photograph the light and also count it photon by, by photon with the sensitive equipment he found out after I had unblinded the study that the, the leaf sent intention truly was glowing, according to these photos. And the leaf not sent intention was actually much darker than usual, almost like a neglect effect. It was really quite amazing. So we ran that three times, and we ran it over the Internet. We tried it with different groups around the world, and each time it worked. Each time we got very, very significant results. So... Then we moved on to one, seeing if we could do something practical. Can we make a plant grow faster, for instance? 
So we tried experiments with seeds, sending intention to one a set of seeds. And we had three sets of controls and, and experimental seeds. Once again, the scientists at the University of Arizona didn't know what we were sending intention to. And we, after we would send intention to these seeds, they would get planted, all mm-hmm. four sets. And the scientists would measure what had happened. And we found, we ran this, I was in Sydney, Australia. We sent intention to these seeds in, in Tucson, Arizona. I tried it from New York, a group in New York. Tried it from South Carolina and over the internet with thousands of participants. And every time we had a significant effect. And in fact, the biggest effect we had was with a group of healers in South Carolina. When they sent intention, the plants sent intention to grew twice as large as the others. Wow. So here was just real, real tangible evidence of the power of intention. You know, uh, Lynn, I wanted to ask you, uh, because this is like so on the edge of my seat, uh, what conclusions can we draw from this, if any? Well, nothing much yet. What we can say is, we, what we can say is this. So far, we've run them. Remember, a scientific experiment has to run many times before you can make the big conclusions. But what we can say so far is, it looks like this works. It doesn't seem to matter where you send intention from. It doesn't seem to matter how big the group is. My group in New York was 100 people. Other groups have been 600 people. The group over in the Internet was thousands from 80 countries around the world. Um, and it doesn't seem to matter where it's located. So, uh, And the only thing that seems to matter is experience. The people who had the strongest effect were the healers who had been working at this for years. So that's part of my powering up program, as I call it, is that experience matters, that everybody can become a good intender, but there are certain conditions, certain mind states, certain emotional states, certain even places, and certain methods of doing it that seem to enhance intention. You know, Lynn, there's so much right now in the world about intention manifestation. As a matter of fact, we're getting ready for the old Valentine's Day. There's some folks out there. I'm sure Benny is one of them. Uh, my producer that is like, uh, you know, looking for the love, setting the intention. And uh, there has been a lot of feedback, Lynn, uh, from people that have participated in movies like The Secret, the book like The Secret, and have not had things manifest in their lives. And I wanted to ask ask you about the best way for people to create that link between intention and manifestation on a real practical level. Okay, I think first of all, as I say, in, in the intention experiment, I provide a whole program. And the program demonstrates, first of all, that a very focused mind state is really important. This is what masters of intention do. This is why they can change their bodies by you know, they can change their temperature in their bodies by 20 degrees. You know, Buddhist monks can do incredible feats of intention. They also get into this high degree of focus where they're not allowing other distractions. And when they're sending intention, their brains are actually working very, very fast. They are attending to it with every bone of their bodies. They also send out intention through their hearts. Compassion is really important. Compassion with a big C. And they manage to get into a state where they move their own ego out of the way. They move aside, and in a sense, they get into a state of connecting with a higher being. So this is, these are just a few of the ideas. There's also places that are important. Using the same place over and over again. Choosing your intention 
space because intention seems to work faster and better in the laboratory when they use the same lab space over and over again. So these are just a few of the, the ideas that I, I write about to maximize intention. And as you can see, this is far away, this is very far away from just having a desire or just having happy thoughts. There is a whole kind of mind state and practice, I think, to this that turns one into a master of intention. Well, you know, we look at the world, Lynn. I mean, and, and what's really interesting is that we look at folks that are obviously up at what we call the top of their game. And whether we have some kind of judgment about how they got there is probably another show that we can do. <laughs> but the point is, we look at the top of the surface and we say, wow, you know, that person is doing exactly what I want to do. And, you know, as we, as we look at, you know, the work that you're doing and the invitation for many people to 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 ju- join you, uh, what can we look forward to as the intention experiment continues to roll out and grow? And what has been the response so far about the book? Well, the the response about the book has been really incredible. It mm-hmm. was one of um, it got to number three on Amazon last year, and it was one of the Amazon top hundred favorites by readers last year. So I was thrilled about that. Um, what we're doing on intention now is with the experiments is I'm working with scientists to really roll this out and make it practical. So we're setting up and designing one experiment that's going to take polluted water and try try to change the bacteria in there from bad bacteria to good bacteria. That will have incredible implications. Dr. Gary Schwartz and I are working on creating an ecosphere, which is a little mini terrarium that's self-enclosed with animals and plants. And we're going to try to lower the temperature in it with our thoughts. And again, that will have huge implications about global warming and the, our ability to affect things on, on, in climate change. And we're also working on net one now with the Alliance for New Humanity setting up a, a study of violence where we're going to try to lower violence in certain hot spots with our thoughts. Another one's going to look at raising grade point averages in certain areas around America, very poor areas around America. So we're doing this year, it's all about really rolling this out, now that we know we can have an effect, to really try to do this in the world with something that really has some sort of philanthropic implication. And I think we're all looking at that gate, that window. Let's take a short break. Wow. Lynn McTaggart joining me here today, author of The Field and The Intention Experiment. When we come back, we'll be talking about intention on a personal level. Are you ready for the greater good in your life? All right. We'll be right back. your life. Have you been inspired by the secret and what the bleep do we know, but now you need practical tools? Theta Healing gives you everything you need. Theta Healing workshops teach you simple yet powerful techniques to create an instant shift in your life and results that last. Join Deanna Laterzo for Theta Healing Basic in North Seattle, February 15th through the 17th. For more information, call 360-778-1190 or visit greenroomhealing.com. 
Louise Hay has shown millions of people how to heal their lives. You can be next. Now, Louise's inspirational life story is captured in the new You Can Heal Your Life, the movie. This loving portrait of Louise and the impact of her life work features guest appearances by Wayne Dyer, Cheryl Richardson, Doreen Virtue, and more. See the movie that's changing lives, now available on DVD. To watch a free preview, visit www.youcanhealyourlifemovie.com. Diets and drugs only address symptoms of ill health rather than providing solutions to the problems, such as weight gain and chronic pain. Spending just 30 minutes in a portable sauna that uses far-infrared technology can burn 600 calories, rid your body of toxins, and reduce pain. If you're tired of quick fixes that don't work, consider the long-term solution. Detox America's portable far-infrared sauna. Call 888-338-6987 or visit detoxamerica.com. Hi, this is Glenn Brooks from the Vibrant Living Radio Network. From terminal normalities to abundant realities, how do we craft and design more abundance in our lives? And how do we allow for more possibilities? Join me and my international team of contributors. Please join me in this exploration and become part of the Vibrant Living family. Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Right here on Seattle's Alternative Talk, AM 1150, KKNW. Your life's precious and giant. Find the tools and resources and discover a new way of axing those. Enjoy an evening with Deepak Chopra in Seattle on March 4th for his top title, An Evening with Deepak Chopra. In this unforgettable lecture, Deepak will address the deeper meaning of our existence, including what is our true nature? Where do we come from? What is the meaning and purpose of our existence? What are the mechanics of creation? How can we transform ourselves? Deepak explains how the greatest spiritual secrets are tied up in this simple answer. It takes a total shift in perception to realize that you are not in the world. The world is in you. Don't miss this third event in the Five Evenings with Extraordinary People series. Visit thedrpatshow.com for ticket information. Join Deepak Chopra in Seattle on March 4th at 7 p.m. at Benaroya Hall. Visit thedrpatshow.com for more information. Want to hear something different from talk radio? The choice is clear. Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Winter is here and all the roses love. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Wow, I can't believe how quickly this hour has gone by. Conversation with Lynn McTaggart, uh, of course, the author of The Field, and now The Intention Experiment. And we've given you lots of information so that you can decide on how to participate in the work that she's doing, as well as grab a copy of this book, uh, because there is so much information in the book. As a matter of fact, uh, there are chapters on your personal intention experiments. There are exercises in the book. Uh, there's a way for you to put it together, a way to look at entering your intention space and much more. And so she's joining me here today. And for me, a long-awaited conversation with her. And I am so thrilled she's going to be touring uh, the U.S. as well. Lynn, again, thank you so much for joining the show today. Uh, you know, we're talking about this idea of being deliberate 
in our thought uh, and changing something uh, in our lives. And, you know, when we talk about holding that thought in the present, the question comes up, is it really true from a science point of view, from a quantum point of view, that we can change the events of the future? And certainly what you've talked about in your book and the experiments that you're holding really points to that. I want to use this section to ask you about how we can help our listeners set personal intentions for their lives to move beyond the stuckness that they may be in, uh, the lack of resources, the lack of money. These are the things that are hot on people's minds right now, and I know you know a lot about that. Okay, well, first of all, I think that there's two answers to this. One is, um, I think, being specific and I'll give you a, a kind of a fun example of this. Um, last June, I was thinking about, oh, bathing suit weather coming up. And um, and like just about every female on the planet, I thought to myself, mm, I'd really like to lose five pounds. And before I knew it, within a day or two, I got this horrible stomach flu. And I was sick for two weeks. And I lost my five pounds. I lost seven pounds, I think. And, um, and I was sick for a while, so I kept it off. And I just thought to myself, oops, I set an intention, but I just forgot to specify how. And I got what I wanted, but I got the wrong thing. Mm. And I think that's just a little, just a fun story, just to demonstrate that a lot of people do that. They'll just send out some sort of message to the universe without being very specific, now, with the scientific studies we've seen, let's take our seed study, for instance. Okay. We found that we did a generalized intention on our first experiment, you know, just that the seeds should be healthier and grow fast, something very general and nebulous. The second time we did it, we started saying, no, we want them to be at least three centimeters by the fourth day of growing. And those experiments worked much, much more than the first one. The first one worked, but those worked more. And... Things that I've seen since, every time we, we did a water experiment where we just sent love to water, and it definitely changed some emissions, changed the structure of it a bit. We did this with Dr. Konstantin Korotkov. The next time we sent instructions to the water to glow more, again, to change its light emissions, and we had a bigger, far bigger effect. So these kinds of sort of very specific intentions seem to be the thing that are most important. So I think the first thing to do is examine what you're thinking about all the time. If you're thinking lack, 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 debt, 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 that's probably what you're sending out to the universe. So what you need to do is change that to exactly what you want. Think of it as sending a precise order to the universe, you know, and tell, tell the universe exactly what you want. I'd say something else to it, too, which is about intention. You know, intention, a lot of people think of intention as just, you know, manifesting stuff. And all of the great people who first came up with the whole idea of the law of attraction, like Napoleon Hill and Wallace Waddles, talked about a circularity. They talked about giving as well as receiving. So they talked about giving back. So I think that's another thing, too, is the idea of giving and making a circle of it is a really important process, part of the process. And, and it is part of the process. And, and I love what you're talking about in that way, because, you know, all of this has to do with the beginning, the buck starting, stopping here. You know, my, my stepmom used to say, listen. 
if you learn anything in life, I want you to learn that the buck stops here. It stops with you and it starts with you. And I never really understood what that meant till I got into, you know, looking at metaphysics and some of the things we're talking about today. But it does really begin with us. It it begins and finishes with us in many, many ways. But in the context of being connected to everything else on the planet. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's what um, we also have to understand is being connected. This whole really take on board the idea of connection. Um, With my book, The Field, I dedicated it to my eldest daughter, Caitlin, who was this little wise child when she's 18 now, but when she was a little thing, she used to sit there and kind of pray. I'd watch her praying and she'd say, I am not alone. I am not alone. And she would really be frightened of being alone, even as a child. And, um, and I wanted, I, I, the, the tag of the book is you were, you were never alone because she never was alone. And I think that's another thing for us to understand in our darkest hours that there is something out there aside from just material manifestation, that on a spiritual plane we're never alone. And we have this, this, this whole energy of all of us together to draw on. And I think that that is something that, that really will get, and, and when people really understand that, and understand that this is an unfolding process, then they can perhaps look at some of the challenges they have as just a, as a, an inevitable and an important part of the process. Thank you. You know, Lynn, thank you so much. I mean, this is, you know, this is a conversation that reminds us not only of the day-to-day things we do, but the power we have to create positive change in the world. Uh, And, you know, one of the questions that has come up, and you've addressed it so well today, is this idea that if whatever you hold in the consciousness or the depths of our our minds is what's going to be kind of shooting out there. The universe is really, this is an impersonal law, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You're you're not you're not getting punished. <laughs> this is an impersonal law. Some of us just are holding on to a lot of negativity, and when you start recognizing that and becoming conscious and get into a point of living with intention, living with intention, then you understand that you are be you are conscious of your thoughts all the time at every moment, and you catch yourself when you're starting to think badly. You catch yourself when you're delighting in someone else's misfortune. You catch yourself when you are sabotaging your own life. So that is just a process. That's why it takes some practice. But we can all become good intenders. Wow. Thank you, Lynn McTaggart, joining me here today. I want to make sure everybody knows. You can get a copy of her book just about anywhere. But if you go to intentionexperiment.com, there's lots of information, lots of uh, information about what we've talked about today and much more. Lynn, thank you for joining us today. What's your, what is your personal message for our listeners? Okay. My personal message is a plea for everyone to join us on the Intention Experiments doesn't cost anything. You simply have to come online to my website, theintentionexperiment.com. Join in with our periodic experiments. We've got one running at the end of March, and that'll probably be our violent study. And let's learn together if one thought is all it takes to change the world. 
Wow. Thank you, Lynn McTaggart. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Um, I want to also make sure that folks know you can get a copy of this book. And and if you're like me, you also have a copy of The Field. Uh, Lynn, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. Hopefully, when you're in our area, you'll be able to come into the studio and we can t- set some intentions for that right now. <laughs> I'd be delighted, Dr. Patton. I'll be there. I'll be there sometime in August up All around right. Portland. So it'd be fun to stop by. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Lynn McTaggart. Thank you all for tuning in today. And the intention that you set today is the intention that will guide your life. Know that whatever that is for your greater good, we love being on this journey with you. Uh, so until tomorrow, step out into the world, live life full out. Know that the universe is right there on the next breath you take. Take it for your greater good. We'll see you tomorrow.